Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punchlist MMA Podcast. It's your boy, Dale Lippin, in here with Trey Van Buskirk. We're geeked up. We're boozed up. It's going down. The Battle of the Whiskeys this Saturday. Dustin Poirier taking on Conor McGregor. Boy, oh boy, UFC 257. I am hyped. What's up, man? How you doing, dude? I'm not here to take part. I'm here to take over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so hyped up. I went and got myself a little Dustin Poirier, a little, little side fade thing going on today, man. I was, I was pumped up, man. I was ready to rock. I said, I went in, sat down in the chair. My man said, what can I do? I said, give me that Dustin Poirier. And he was like, I don't know what that means. Can you be more specific? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, here. That does not look like the Dustin Poirier. That looks like, give me the fucking Peaky Blinders there, brother. It is, it is the Peaky <laughs> Blinders, bro. It's the Peaky Blinders or the Tiki Torch. It's it's either or at this point. I don't really know which one, which one oh. I should go for. Yeah, you look fast. I'll say that. Like, there's no one's touching your head, dude. No way. I'm aerodynamic. Bob and weave. Bro, I'm aerodynamic, <laughs> which is saying something considering the size of my grape. I, I literally look around. I walk around and I look like I'm photoshopped. I'm the only photoshopped living human being. My head is gigantic. Um, it's very, be very, very hard uh, to choke me out for sure. <laughs> oh man! So how was your how was your weekend? It was a good weekend, man. I, yeah. I'm still coming down the high of the of our boy Cater. Um, I will say that. I mean, here's the thing. Go ahead and crack that cold one. Go ahead. Just... I feel like I got to pour one out for him, man. <laughs> here's the thing, though, is even in a loss like that, I feel like Cater's stock goes up. I agree. I agree. I, like, I mean, we I knew like he was a tough guy. We knew he was tough. But here's the thing is he fought probably the the best version of Max Holloway that's ever existed. And um, he took him a full five rounds. I'm not going to say it was the most competitive five rounds, but he took him a full five rounds. It was very much like a Khabib Al Iaquinta 
um, situation. It took his stock up as far as I'm concerned. I think that he beats just about everybody at featherweight, not named Max. I'd say Max, Alex, or uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I'd really, I feel confident in betting on him against anybody, but not that's not the two of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I was watching the fight, and the first round, we kind of knew what Cater was going to do. Notoriously slow starter. So everyone's like, oh, dude, he's getting pieced up. I'm like, no, this is this is typical Cater. He's going to be slow out the gate. They don't start to pick it apart. He'll he'll get in. He'll find his range. He didn't have – he was not a half step behind. He was a full step behind. Max was just constantly working. You think from a cardio perspective, my God, 145. Those guys are freaking beasts. How he that the output, the onslaught, unbelievable. I don't know. Cater couldn't, I don't think he could ever get there. He couldn't get to that pace. That's that's on a different level. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think that he's I don't necessarily think that um I mean, I think his stock goes up. I I think he beats just about anybody na- not named Max or Alex. It's going to be a long road though to get to a title shot. He's gonna have to put together quite a streak against very elite level competition. But um, you know, I, I, it sounds so weird to see a guy get destroyed like that and say that you were still impressed, but I was still impressed, but all that to say the only, no, you weren't impressed. No, I was freakishly oh, okay. impressed. What I wasn't impressed is Ortega maybe getting a shot with, with Volk, because if you go back sure, and watch the Korean, bucks. I know, but when you look, go back and look at the Korean zombie versus Ortega, that fight is so lackluster compared to what we saw Max do. And I know Max is vying for a third you know, shot, but still. You put that on the pedestal against the Ortega Korean zombie thing. It's like that thing looks amateur shit. I don't even think that I don't even think that Max wants the, the shot anymore because he's automatic. I mean, he's just said that Volk is trying to move on to go someplace else. So why waste your time on people? You should not give your energy um, to somebody that's not willing to reciprocate the same level of energy back. So Agreed. I think I think Max is smart there. All right. All that to say, Trey, um, we got a big weekend coming up ahead of us. You know, I'm probably, this sounds so crazy. I do have a little Irish whiskey over, you know, I can't, I can't go proper because proper tastes like just syrup. It's so sugary and disgusting, but I do like the nectar of the gods. I do like the mother milk um, that is Jameson Irish whiskey. And I am probably, probably going to partake in a little Irish fair this weekend. Um, I do have. Uh, quite a few brats and sausages from Stay Classy Meat, so maybe a little bangers and mash might be on the uh, might be on the menu this weekend as a little base layer player. But while I get boozed up on <laughs> on fight night, uh, but guys, if you guys want to take advantage of that, go to Stay Classy Meats. Use promo code Fist, save ten percent on the entire thing. That's all I got, buddy. Cool. I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna go full Irish. I'm gonna do. Just because I'm trying to stay in shape, you know what I'm doing? I'm not going to go full oh, brat, bro. I don't know. I'm just, okay. I, I know I don't need to with this Allegiant sweatshirt right here. This thing just hides it all, man. But mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go Irish soda bread with my proper 12. And I, I like proper 12. Maybe it's just the nostalgia. It's the, man, I'm, 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 I'm right there with Connor in the octagon. I don't know. But Irish soda bread, proper 12. And of course, I'm going to be rocking all my allegiance gear all day long guys if you want to be rocking allegiance clothing all you have to do is go to allegianceclothing.com type in the code punch and you're going to get 15 percent off site-wide this is one of their new sweatshirts dude i just ran in this thing today i know that's disgusting because i'm sweaty and i'm sitting in front of you but i'm polishing off a cold one here i'm ready to rock allegiance clothing has been on my back since the beginning of the day can i say something real quick yes um 
so I got a I got a little care package from Allegiance yesterday, and within it was like a zip up windbreaker. Um, so sick. Yeah, right. So I put it on. It's like this really like moisture wicking fabric. Like it's really, I mean, it's built for cold weather. Like the wind's not getting through it. And I walk downstairs and I have it on and the wife's like, what are you wearing? And I was like, I got my new allegiance thing. And she's like, Oh, that looks nice. Come here. And I'm standing there and she's like, what's this fabric? And she's like rubbing up and down my chest. And I'm like, you need to ask for consent first before (laughs) you do this. What are you doing? And she's like, I just like the way this feels. So I'm just saying, you know me, I'm pretty fertile. I got I got a bunch of kids running around the house right yeah. now. I just be careful. Just be careful. I know you I know you got a couple too. Just be careful wearing that around the old lady, man. You never know what's gonna happen. Anyway. I'm not uh, a piece of steak classy meat, is what you're saying, dude. I, I mean, I would uh, treat me like a piece of steak classy meat. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right, man. Let's get into this card. We've got a lot of work. We got we got our work cut out for us. This is going to be a banger of a card. There's nothing quite like a Conor McGregor fight week fight card. You know, normally with him, they kind of front load it with him because they don't want to steal the any of the shine away from him. But they've done a great job with this Fight Island card where we've got great fights from top to bottom. A lot of fights here. You're probably going to hear me say, "This is my pick for possibly fight of the night." I realize I'm going to say that in advance ahead of time, probably six different times because there are some banger fights here. And I know it's crazy, but the first fight of the night has potential to be fight of the night, man. Um, it's crazy. Amir Albazi at 13 and one taking on Zalagas Zamulgov. Uh, dude, this is a banger of a fight, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Albazi at a plus 100, uh, Zumagalov at minus 120. I, dude, I like Zlogis in this fight. I really do. I know you're on Albazi, um, champion in different things. He's got. I I know it. This has a banger of a. This is this dude. I'm so excited for these fights. I'm stuttering. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's funny when I was talking about Max and the featherweight division having like crazy cardio. Obviously, this is a flyweight fight, but both these guys. Oh my god, they crank it to eleven and they just go, dude. Yeah. Um, I, I like I like Amir in this fight, you know, predominantly because he's a superior grappler. The guy's unbelievable. Um, I like his movement in and out. He's able to shoot for a single double. If he doesn't get it, pop right back up, go back down. You'll see a lot of guys, especially on this card, they'll wilt with their cardio when they are trying to shoot for those takedowns. This is a guy that can do it all day long, up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, he had a great triangle against Malcolm X Gordon. You know, I said X because I couldn't stand, you know, his nickname, but Malcolm Gordon, great triangle against him. And then also obviously he had a key lock against um Curtis, I think, before that. For those that want to know what a key lock is, by the way, it's just like a glorified I don't know why they call it a key lock, dude. It's just an Americana, but still to get an Americana, I feel like is a tough thing in the UFC now, just like to kind of grab a wrist. Dude, the guy's strong as shit. He's able to get down, secure position. I like Amir in this fight. So here's my thing with this, right? I don't believe that Malcolm Gordon is a UFC-level talent. I'm just Ooh. saying that. Um, and if you look at Albazi's record, UFC-level talent, he fought uh, – oh, my gosh. I want to call Jose. I want to say Jose because of Aldo. I don't know why. I just – so yeah. Jose Shorty Torres, they fought in Brave FC, and Ho- uh, Jose Torres beat him. So his only UFC-level talent, in my opinion, that he's faced resulted in that one loss on his record. Now, I believe that Zlogis is a UFC-level talent. I think that he's been here uh, longer, and I think he has a way to get, you know, I think he has more paths to victory, personally, um, because he's so dynamic, he's powerful, he's got pretty decent wrestling, 
And, you know, but like you said, both these guys have a lot of cardio. This is very rarely do I think flyweight fights have a potential to finish inside the distance. This is a fight that I might be looking at as far as an inside the distance play based on the fact that I, me personally, I think Zlogos is going to win this fight, but I think he has the potential to do it. I think he has the potential to do it by knockout. And Albazi's got victories, um, excuse me, by submission. So, I know. I, listen, this is, there's a lot of fights on here where you and I are going to go mm, with each other. We're just starting it off now. So for what it's worth, I will be your contrarian, as you say in yeah. our previous shows. But I think if it's going to finish inside the distance, it's going to be a mere um, Zalogus. He his last what is it? Nine out of ten fights have gone the distance. This is a guy that doesn't finish inside the distance. He is Ooh. a decision player. It's a flyaway fight. Majority of those are always going to go to decision. If anyone's going to get a sub and it's going to be inside, it's going to be a mere. I don't think there's going to be a knockout. Flyweights are predominantly ever. They're regularly very durable. I think if you're going to play this, you're going to go book Zogus by decision, or you're going to go Amir by submission. He is a decision machine. I will give you. I will give you that. But it's not for lack of effort. I love a guy that tries. Right. Um, I love a guy that tries, and he does go out there with ill intention and everything he throws. Whether or not he gets it done, you know, it's no different than like your kid coming up and wanting to fight you. Right. Your kid comes up and tries to hit you. You still pretend it hurts. You still admire the effort. And my man's Zlogus is no different, right? He's going to go out there. He's going to try to. He's going to try to punch Amir Albazi in the face. I know that we're thinking, or you're thinking Albazi. I'm thinking Zlogus. We'll see what happens. Uh, be on the lookout. This one will probably show up on our official bet card on Friday. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I realized just now that we're starting from prelims and going all the way up because you did that to me last week. And yeah. now for whatever reason in my brain, this, this is the way we have to do fights forever now. Um, Thanks for showing up this week, by the way. I pre- You know what? I did what I could. Um, I gave all the, I put, uh, can you hear my dog chewing a bone in the background? Is that a thing that you can hear? No. All right, cool. It's just me that she's driving nuts then. All right. So Nick Lentz <laughs> taking on Movzar <laughs> Evloev. Uh, I was corrected last time. So Evloev. Uh, Movzar Evloev at 13-0. and 0, Nick Lentz at 30-11-12. and 12. Trey. Boy, is this going to be a banger of a fight too. Now, I think the line on Evloev is a little wide. Minus 440 against a guy like Nick Lentz who has over 40 professional fights. Um, I really think that's I don't want to call it a disrespectful line, but it's wider than it needs to be. Nick Lentz has a shot at winning this fight, albeit not a very big shot, but he does have a shot at winning this fight. Mavzar is going to be a DraftKings and parlay piece staple uh, come Saturday night, and he is a prospect to watch out for at the 145 division. He needs to beat a guy like Nick Lentz to show that he is ready for the next level. He's got to beat a guy like Nick Lentz because Nick Lentz is crafty. He's a veteran. Uh, he's got multiple weapons. He can submit you. He can knock you out. He has pretty decent cardio. He's a guy that's been there, done that, fought everybody, and come back for more. Mavzar has to be able to beat him and do so decisively to show that he's a prospect worth, worth watching out for. Yeah, to, and to kind of set the stage for this fight, <clears throat> Nick was supposed to fight Grundy uh, three days ago. Uh, mm-hmm. That got canceled. And I actually feel like that was a better suited fight for Nick. But now he's obviously taking in Mavzar. Mavzar's has a win over Grundy. So good matchmaking last minute to kind of make this, you know, somewhat cohesive. Mavzar's a total grappler. Um, he will he will just strangle hold you. His striking's improved pretty well. Nick's gonna have to not work from distance. He's gonna have to close that. He's gonna have to make this a little bit ugly up against the cage, short elbows. The uglier he can make this fight the more I like Nick in this fight. But I do think that, you know, this this is a bad matchup for him. Mavs, Grundy would have been better. Mavzar's, you know, a you know, step above him. 
at minus 440, that's steep, but I understand why Vegas put it there. Okay. Andrew Sanchez at 12 and 5, taking on Mahmoud Muradov at 24 and 6. I'm normally, people that have listened to the show for any period of time, I'm usually a guy that bets on Andrew Sanchez. I think that he normally comes in with great value. Um, and he's very game. He's shown himself to be able to wrestle when he needs to. He's 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 got some a couple knockouts on his record now. Andrew Sanchez is no slouch, but he is taking on a guy with one of my favorite knockouts that I've ever seen in Mahmoud Muradov. Have you seen the highlight of Mahmoud? <clears throat> excuse me. Um, when he knocked out Trevor Smith with that overhand right. And he he hits Trevor Smith, and Trevor Smith looks like one of those blow up dolls um, out in front of yeah. like a car dealership. He hits him, and the dude just like his arms fly off to the side, the mouthpiece goes <laughs> flying. It is the most ludicrous knockout I've yeah. ever seen. It is far and away one of my favorite highlights. Um, if we rework the intro video, probably going to be looking to get that knockout added to the intro video. I freaking love <laughs> that knockout, man. He sent him into the ether, bro. I freaking love it. He also has a win over Alessio DeCirico, uh, who we just saw knock out Joaquin Buckley in the yeah. upset of the weekend, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Look, man, I again I always been on I've been I'm high on Andrew Sanchez in the past. Sure. He has paid dividends for me, plus one fifteen, getting him at plus money. I kind of like that. But I really think that if it this is a striking exchange, Muradov's gonna get it done. Oh, dude, I was so close to taking a flyer with you on Sanchez. I was I was so close. I mean, couple things. To be seen. Let's see what they look like when they weigh in. Okay, well, couple things. Let's let's back up. Murdov, who is he? Who, who does he fight for? Who's he signed under? What do you mean, like management wise, or yeah. what are we talking about here? Yeah, management wise. Oh gosh, I don't. I have no idea who's his, who's his manager. Money Mayweather. Is he really? It's disgusting. Yes, dude. Why is that disgusting? Because, okay, so Mayweather, like, dude, I think this is back in, like, 2018 or 19 or something like that. Okay. The dude puts out a, a tweet and says, uh, Murdov, the best MMA fighter in the world, signs with TMT. Comes out, Murdov's been hanging out with him in freaking Miami, dude, popping bottles, just having a freaking great time, full-on part of the entourage. Okay. Now, he's put out there, he said verbatim, He's helped me mentally all the time, supporting me, and he's very motivating for me. Okay. That dude's helping you mentally. That's amazing. What? Mayweather's helping you mentally? Dude, he's the greatest boxer of all time. Yes. If you can get, fucking read. It doesn't matter. He's not saying he's, <laughs> he's, he's not saying he's teaching me English. He's oh no, saying, he he meant like holistically, like no, no, in, no, no, in, no, no. in life. No, you're looking too far into that. He, oh, okay. Even if he's still even if he's his mentor, that's amazing. I don't if you, that guy meant for me. Dude, if you have the greatest athlete of a generation, especially a combat sport that says, see this? This is my wing. I'm going to put you <laughs> under it. Come on. Come on underneath my wing there, little Mahmoud. If you have that, you take it 10 out of 10 times. Well, yeah, I'm a coattail rider, but I haven't been on wings, dude. I'm just saying, like, I, I, I don't like Ariel Helwani with a visceral passion. Oh, but if that dude had... But if that dude had like a mentorship program or like a an internship, I would probably intern under him. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, where is your allegiance, dude? That's why you're not wearing allegiance clothing right now. If Ariel said, "Hey Trey, I want you to come on and co-host with me," I'd be like, "Go fuck yourself, dude. You you rat." But here's the thing. Okay, is he doing so at the cost of you abandoning this show? 
it didn't matter. I wouldn't, I wouldn't abandon this show, Dude. nor would I do it just for my pride. Dude, if, if you can guest spot on other people's shows, goodness gracious. Don't, I'll, do, don't. I'll, I'll guest host on other people's shows for sure. Ariel, absolutely not. Okay. All right. Well, maybe okay, I well, maybe I used the wrong example. Carry on here with Mike. I will carry Please. on. I will carry yeah. on. Outside of his fighting, again, I like to always look at the resume. And the, while the resume is not as stacked as it could be, there's a lot of canceled bouts. The UFC has been trying to get Muradov to a level um, that is that higher tier. He's had cancel fights against Kevin Holland. He's had it against Christoph Jokov. He's had it at Carl Roberson. He's had it against Antonio Carlos Jr. who's also on this card. He's had a plethora of fights at the UFC. He's like, we need to get this guy up. I don't think Andrew Sanchez is in that tier, but I do like Andrew Sanchez's aggression. He's had bigger fights. He lost to Marvin Vittori. Now, that was very one-sided. That's why it was unanimous. But, I mean, he didn't even have a shot in that fight. He needs to come in. He needs to be aggressive and catch Murdoch. But Murdoch, I think, is way more well-rounded. Um, this is a step above Sanchez. When did he sign with Mayweather? Mm, I think honestly, it was 2019 or 18. Okay, so since 2018, he's gone nine and zero. Um, so I would say that signing with Mayweather was a good idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Give me one. Hold on, one second. Lima, come here. Come. Gosh, man, I, I just, I I care about the human, man. That's what it is. Give me that bone. It's more, it's more more so about the quality of life that you're living outside the octagon. Sometimes that is is inside the octagon, and that guy. Maybe I'm on a I'm on on a McGregor card, dude, and maybe that's why I'm I'm extremely biased right now. But anything TMT, dude, get get out, just get out. Look at this, look at this, it's freaking dog. You don't you don't hear her clacking this thing? No, dude. All right, here, take it back. Good girl. All right, go get out of here, dude. (laughs) She's like right behind the green screen, just like (laughs) I don't know how you can't hear that. Headphone users are gonna be pissed this episode. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, real quick, I want to address a question in the chat. How do you feel about the uh, Magni Kiesa not going the distance at plus 120? I actually do. I like that a lot, actually. Um, we're going to release our plays later on tonight on Instagram for this, but we're looking at um, playing Kiesa by sub or Magni by decision um, are going to be probably the two plays that we make regarding that fight. We can get You're getting decent plus odds on both of those options. Um, so if you play either or, uh, it's, it's looking like it'd probably become profitable. Then you're just hoping that Neil Magny doesn't knock out Michael Chiesa, which does not appear to be something that's in Neil Magny's wheelhouse. So definitely something we're looking to play at. Um, appreciate you posing the question there, Colin. All right. Let's see here. Khalil Roundtree taking on Marcin Prakniel. Prakniel at 13 and five Roundtree at eight and four. Trey, I'm just going to go ahead and say this now. I know. Khalil Roundtree is a big favorite here. Minus 315. Prakniel is plus 265 over under on rounds. Here is at one and a half. Khalil Roundtree lets me down time and time again. It is Khalil let me down tree. <laughs> I, I, I can't with this guy, man. Even at 315, I can't. You're going to have to tell me that Khalil Roundtree is going to win this fight because if I say he's going to win, he's going to get slept. Dude, it's impossible against a guy in Prashnio who's 0-3 in the UFC. His last win was back in freaking one championship in 2017. Dude, come on. This is like, hey, we know Khalil. He talked about retiring after um, the Sam Alvey fight got canceled. He was just kind of like, I'm done, the whole COVID pandemic and all that stuff. This is the moment where he's like, okay, I'm going to take a flyer. I'm going to knock this guy out. I'm going to 
take it off into retirement. I think, dude, this is it. This is the last time we're going to see Khalil. I honestly think even if he does it in devastating fashion and this, you know, re-motivates him to get back into the, into the division. Now nah, he's done. This is it. This is his like, you know, pillow fight to get out the door. Well, you know, what's wrong with Khalil Roundtree is he's got the Henry Cejudo syndrome is what it is. He's got that Henry Cejudo. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, when I say the Henry Cejudo system is my man is finally getting a little bit of that wet, wet for the first time. And he thinks that the world needs to be all sunshine and rainbows from here on out. Those who are unfamiliar, do yourself a favor, get on Instagram and look up Mia Kang. That who that's Khalil Roundtree's old lady. Uh, she's a supermodel. So yeah. that, like a, like a bona fide supermodel, they live in Thailand together and my man is living his best life. So he is straight up fat, happy, and he's got a beautiful woman, woman at his beck and call living in a foreign country, eating great food. Mm-hmm. How motivated can you be to fight? I get it, man. When the dollar goes like 15 to one, of course, bro, make your hundred grand and then roll out for two, three years, do it three or four times, rinse, repeat, and you're retired. Yeah. It's over with. You're retired on an island, or not an island. You're retired in a, in, a, in a beautiful foreign country with a beautiful foreign woman eating gorgeous, beautiful foreign food. Khalil Roundtree's living his best life. He doesn't want to hurt anybody anymore. No. He don't want to hurt anybody. He lost the violence. He lost the violence. The violence that existed in the Eric Anders fight, that's gone. He doesn't have it anymore. He's missing the edge. He doesn't have it. Prack oh. meow, losing three in a row. I think, I think he writes the ship. I'm not betting on Khalil Roundtree, man. I'm not going to do it. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to tell people, bet on Khalil Roundtree here because I'm not going to do it. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to make this my staple thing. But, no, I do think he's going to call in some fucking pad thai, knock this guy out, go back to Thailand, shout out, and just enjoy his life, man. Did I say Vietnam or Thailand? I think he said Thailand. That's why I went pad thai. Okay. I don't know what's in Vietnam. But I no, know I think they're, they're in Thailand, so I want to make sure that if I said okay. Vietnam, I don't sound like an idiot. They're in Thailand. All right, okay, cool. cool. I, just, I want I want to get myself before the Instagram comments or, or whatever yeah. coming. Daryl's fucking idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I I read all of your stuff. All right, Sarah McMahon at twelve and five, at Juliana Pena at nine and four. Sarah McMahon minus one thirty, the Olympic silver medalist, taking on Juliana Pena at plus one ten. Over under rounds is at two and a half. I like this just because of the grappling pedigree of both yeah. of these women. Um, here's the thing, though, right? Sarah McMahon hasn't looked right in a long time. Juliana Pena has been kind of hit and miss ever since she rifled out a kid. I don't know. I don't know where you go here. Um, and <laughs> guess what? Women's MMA is trade. Just get... dude. What? What is it? It's oh, a coin flip, flip, dude. It's a All coin right. flip, bro. So, you know, you tell me what you're thinking here because, uh, to be honest with you, I don't have much of a say in this fight. My initial leaning is Julian, Juliana Pena uh, just because she's got, in my opinion, better striking than Sarah McMahon. We've never really seen Sarah McMahon come out and look like an Olympic silver medalist yeah. in the wrestling department. I always wait for that to happen. I wait for the, her, the Ed Ruths of the world, uh, to come out and show that they're Olympic level ref- wrestlers and they never do it. Um, yeah. So I just, I'm still waiting to see it. Um, and I just haven't seen it. I just don't think at 41 years old or however old Sarah McMahon is now, I just don't, we're going to, I don't think we're going to see it now either. Yeah. I think to your point, they both have good, you know, wrestling pedigrees. Um, obviously McMahon's much better. I, I will say for Juliana Pena for having, you know, good wrestling or grappling, she doesn't have very good, 
grappling defense. Like she's mm. very easy to be taken down. And I say that because we saw that in the Montana De La Rosa fights, like she can easily get tripped single leg and get taken down and control. And that's where we always see Sarah McMahon do her best work. Yeah. Her striking is not the greatest. It's evolved a little bit, but where she does her best is kind of like that half guard lay heavy. Don't let you move. And Juliana Pena again is very vulnerable to that takedown. I think that Juliana has an opportunity. She is slick with submissions to be a little active with her guard or off her back. But I just think that, you know, in a women's fight, how often you see in a submission being thrown up from your back? Like if someone's holding top position, especially someone that's a silver medalist, like you have to lay with that confidence. I like minus 130. I actually think that's going to get a little bit wider. I don't think people are going to start to see or put value in, in Pena. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go McMahon on this one. I will say this, though. If Pena can reverse fortune and get Sarah McMahon down, it's a wrap. Wrestlers do not like being on their back. If she can get any sort of mount-style position, McMahon's in real trouble. Well, yeah, that's because Pena's that triple C thick, dude. She's that thick Chiquita. Chiquita, bro. She's Venezuelan. Is that still Chiquita? I think so. All right, fair enough. Whatever. I'm not gonna. I can't argue that. I have no idea. Brad Tavares at 17 and six, taking on Antonio Carlos Jr. at 10 and four. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is Antonio Carlos Jr. is his nickname Shoe Face? <laughs> no, dude. Isn't that what they say about like Big Nog, dude? Like he looks like a Shoe Face. I'm pretty sure Antonio Carlos Jr. goes by Shoe Face. No way. I'm pretty dude. I could be wrong. Um, who is Shoe Face? If he's not Shoe Face, who's Shoe Face? I thought Shoe Face was Big Nog's like secondary nickname. I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> dude, I, that's I, a horrible name. One of these Brazilians is nicknamed Shoe Face. I thought it was Antonio Carlos Jr. I could be wrong because Cesar Ferreira is Mutante. So I would that leads me to believe that Antonio Carlos Jr. might be shoe face. That's, that's so bad, it's awesome. All, All right. right. So plus one fifteen taking on Brad Tavares, minus one thirty-five over under rounds at two and a half. Brad Brad Tavares at one point in time, Trey, uh held a little piece of my heart near and dear. I thought he was mm-hmm. gonna be a contender in the middleweight division. He just has not seemed to ever get over the hurdles necessary to move him to the next level wins over Elias, the Adoro Talos ladies, Christoph Jocko, but then losses to Israel Adesanya and Edmund Shabazi and fights that if he was going to take the next step, he needed to win any of those, right? Obviously a loss to Izzy, but uh, you know, a win against Edmund Shabazi and who we've now seen to be a little suspect and fraudulent, to be honest with you. Um, You know, that's one of those things where, you know, it's going to be, I don't know, man, I wanted him to take the next step and he hasn't. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that he's going to beat a guy like Antonio Carlos Jr. What do you think? I think that, I think he has a great opportunity actually. I think Antonio Carlos Jr. is the guy, and I'm not going to say it's all three words every time. I'm just going to ACJ, dude. I, think, I, I can't stand sure. when there's three names, but um, sure. ACJ, he's a guy that's, he's a grappler. He's very one dimensional. Um, he is a guy that's going to shoot for a takedown, try and get this down. The problem with ACJ though, he is, does not have a good cardio tank. And it's kind of like what I was talking about with Amir Albazi. There's certain guys, now granted we're talking, you know, different weight classes here. There are guys though, that are superior grapplers that can get in, get out, pop up, you know, if they're unsuccessful, get back down and not, you know, road their cardio tank. ACJ is totally different. He will wilt. He will just absolutely crumble. Brad hmm. Tavares is typically more of like a counter striker. So by utilizing his counter striking and his great cardio, good footwork, I think if he can negate that takedown, which he has good defensive grappling, I just don't see ACJ getting this on the ground and wearing him out. And then Brad can pick out a, you know, a, 
a decision win, set it at two and a half. Cause I think Vegas knows that, you know, I don't think a submission, if a submission is going to happen, it's going to be ACJ, but I think Brad's going to keep it on the feet and get it to the decision. Tavares has never been submitted. Oh, that's even better. There we go. So um, that's awesome. Just, yeah. Just something to keep in mind. All right. Let's see here. Let me go back to my. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right. Our Armand Sarukian taking on Nazrat Hack Parast. Sarukian at 15 and 2, Hack Parast at 12 and 3. This is a fight that is part of the CT Easy parlay, the multi event parlay. Uh, we need Sarukian to get that W here. He is a minus 260 against Hack Parast at plus 220. Hack Parast for the longest time was touted as a potential contender in the lightweight division. Not to say that he won't be. Uh, however, he's got a stiff test in front of him against a guy like Armand Sarukian, who was touted uh, to win this fight and do so decisively. Vegas thinks so as well. Minus 260. Over on rounds is at two and a half, Trey. I don't hate the inside the distance play here either, um, but I like Armand to get it done so much so that we threw him in that parlay. Yeah, I really like the under two and a half. Uh, I feel like Nazrat has gotten a lot of clout just based on his looks. I really do. Okay, what? because he looks like a Kevin small Gaslam. little wish.com version of Kelvin Gastelum? Yeah, dude, because I don't think he's really that great. The decision went over Alex Munoz, sure, um, but we've seen him wilt under the big lights, and this is a guy that's in a prospect in Armin that's just legit. The guy, you know, granted he wasn't welcomed to the USC very well with Islam Makachev, but he is a guy that has built upon that. He's created a good foundation. He's extremely well-rounded. I think that this is, you know, one of those low-level names that Armin can kind of jump on top. I don't see Nazareth actually getting this thing done. I, I really don't see where he can get it done. I don't think he's going to get it done grappling. He's not going to get it standing. Maybe he gets clipped. I don't know. Okay, perfect. So thinking Sarukian, and you're thinking maybe over two and a half then? No, I kind of like the under two and a half. I think okay. that uh, yeah. think Sarukian gets it done and gets it done decisively. Mm-hmm. I do. Okay. All right, all right. I like it. I like your style, man. All right, dude. Oh boy, this is where things pick up in the difficulty level. Marina Rodriguez taken is at twelve and one. She's taking on Amanda Hebus at ten and one. Uh, Hebus is at a minus three ten. Rodriguez a plus two sixty. Over on rounds a two and a half. You know me. You know me. This fight is hot. I have tapped Amanda Hebus as being a potential champion since she came like her debut in the ufc i've been all over the amanda hebish you know hype train uh, i'm basically if not the conductor i'm the guy walking through the cabin of the train punching the tickets to make sure you're supposed to be on the train right that's who i am when it comes to amanda hebish all that to say this line is disrespectful disrespectful to marina rodriguez you don't think so first off you just said you tapped Hebas. So first off, as a potential champion, no, 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 no. don't try to get me in that kind of trouble. Okay. I tapped her as a potential champion. <laughs> oh, okay. um, as Sorry. a potential champion. Look at me. Look at me. Look at her. No, that did not happen. Dude, look uh, at that haircut. Don't you yeah, dare say that. Don't dude. you dare. I don't have the quaff like you do. Um, Amanda Hebas, I think this is a disrespectful line. M- Marina Rodriguez is a game dog in this fight at plus 260. She's game. She she's got better. Listen, I think she has better striking. I think she has better cardio. Mm-hmm. If Amanda Hebas cannot get this to the ground, mm-hmm. she's going to have a, an equal fight on her hands. All things considered, it will be equal if she cannot get the fight to the ground. I think Marina Rodriguez has a real chance of winning this fight at plus two sixty. And if you're looking for a dog, right? What do you want? If you want a dog, you want a dog that'll fight. 
Mm. If you want, you want a dog that'll earn your money, right? So like, um, freaking chat is getting me. I got to turn that shit off. These people are making me laugh. Um, <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the, it's the Marina Rodriguez. Like, I can't even, I don't even know where I'm at. The freaking chat got me. Go on, man. The freaking dude got me. Okay. Okay. There's a reason the line said that way. Yes, Marina Rodriguez is going to have the better striking, but she struggled in her resume against Cynthia Calvia, Rando Marcos, and then her loss to my chick, Carlos Esparza. All those great grappling, wrestling pedigrees. Marina Rodriguez struggles in that dimension. Amanda Hivas, while she has enough striking to keep it standing and she can be competitive, she will murder you when you get to the ground. This isn't a freaking like, I feel like no one really got a seat because they saw, oh, her submit Paige Van Zandt. It's like, oh gosh, Paige Van, Van Zandt, what is she like a four stripe white belt? Like, come on. When when it comes down to it, she will rip your limb off. Amanda Hivas has got great jujitsu and she has great takedowns. She's also, you know, fairly strong, fairly thick for a smaller chick. I see Marina really struggling against this. Just keep it on the feet. That's what well, I agree with that. Um, I'm, that's what I'm saying. If she can stop the takedown, all things yeah, considered, yeah. it's going to come. It's going to be an equal fight. But she has to do exactly that. She has to stop the takedown. Yeah. Amanda doesn't need to do anything but take Marina down, and she needs to do it early while they're still dry and get the submission and get it out of there. I, I, I agree with you in her method of victory and how she's yeah. going to get it and how she can get it done. What I'm saying is that a minus three ten. Um, I still think that's pretty wide for a girl that only has realistically one shot to victory. I think mm-hmm. all things considered, if this stays standing and she can't secure takedowns and get a submission, she's not going to win a decision. She doesn't have the output for it. She's not going to win a striking battle. She doesn't have the hands for it. Um, she has got to, you know, she has, <laughs> she's got to freaking get her down and she has to submit her. I just think minus 310, it's almost like your dude, uh, Adolfo Vieira, right? Oh, yeah. Right. You see his lines and you go, man, those are crazy lines. At a certain point, though, when the level of competition ramps up, that lot, that seesaw is going to be tipped too far in the other direction and somebody's going to get taken and we're going to cash in big on it because he's going to meet the right person with the right level of takedown defense and he's going to get fucked up. Just mm-hmm. as that's what's going to happen. Um, and Amanda is going to run into that at some point. Is it going to be Marina Rodriguez on Saturday night? I don't know, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. So I'm turning the chat off because now it's like a game. It's so awesome, dude. Now, now it's a game. Let's see if we can't get Dale off his game completely with working <laughs> immeasurably well. All right. Otman Azatar taking on Matt, the steamroller for Vola. One of the best nicknames in the game. Azatar at 13 and 0 for Vola at 8, 1, and 1. Frivola looks like he eats crayons. Azatar looks like he probably does some sort of <laughs> business dealings with, with <laughs> off, <laughs> offshore banking accounts. Azatar at minus 156 for Vola at plus 136. Over under on rounds here, Trey, is at one and a half. And I'm initially leaning Otman. Yeah. Well, with 13 wins and 12 finishes, I hope you would, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, for Vola, he's, he's solid. Um, he's got his, his knockout loss to Polo Reyes. Um, I think that if it gets in the later rounds, I could see for Vola, you know, making a little bit of a push, but <laughs> Ottman is just ruthless, dude. The guy is pressure forward, head down, does not let you breathe for a second, constant, constant pressure. And, you know, I think this line, it's going to get way more disrespectful for sure. Well, here's the thing, right? Is 
you have the the bulldozer going up against the steamroller and how much do you i mean realistically you know john anik right you how how much is he going to play into that dynamic uh, of of nicknames the bulldozer versus the steamroller um it's it's unbelievable man it, it's absolutely ridiculous so i i like ottman here i think minus 156 now is a time if you're feeling that play now is a time to bet that yes. i think that that line will move a little bit matt frivola is notoriously durable he's willing to stand and bang with anybody um he does a lot of things good and nothing particularly well um but he is a decent fighter. He is a what I you know what I call a mixed martial artist. He does a little bit of everything. Uh, but I think Ottman has the potential to end this fight and end it early. He's going to be faster. He's going to have better cardio, uh, and he's definitely going to hit harder than Matt Frivola. Matt Frivola has to suffer well and take Ottman into deep water, and then try to either win a split decision or get him out of there in the later rounds. I don't think it's his fight to win early. Uh, I think it's his fight to win by decision or late. I don't see that happening, though. I think Ottman carries on with that finish uh, rate, you know, damn near over 90%, and gets Frivola out of there. Yeah, I like it. Man, you didn't disagree with anything I said. I'm not used to that. No, oh, I, well, I well, you're saving all your disagreement for this next fight. Jessica, I yeah, 15 I and eight taking on Joe Calderwood at 14 and five. Jojo, Jojo Calderwood at minus 113. Jessica, I at minus 107. Over on our round straight is at two and a half. I'm just going to go ahead and let you just get it out of your system. Go ahead and tell me how Joanna Calderwood is going to win this fight so I can just sum up and say you're wrong. Dude, we're not talking like favor, favor or Esparza, man. I don't have much passion for this fight at all. You're making it sound like I'm like this is the fight, man. This is where the pay per view money pit is. I'm, I'm posting our I'm posting our text on the Instagram. Yes, <laughs> Trey is adamant that, that JoJo is going to win the fight. Go ahead, man. State your case. Well, I am adamant about that because I think that JoJo is one of those type of strikers that keeps everything from distance. She reminds me a lot of like I know we're talking different divisions here, but like a Caitlin Chukagan. She keeps you very ranged out. She keeps you at distance. She doesn't allow you to come in. And I feel like Jessica, I, I don't think she has very good striking. And when she does utilize her striking, she needs to be in close distance. I think this is going to be a snore fest of a fight. This thing for sure is going to go the distance. I think that Joanne's going to keep it from distance. She's going to utilize her footwork, move around the cage. Jessica, I is going to try in desperation to get this thing close and work in clinch work and try and get some points. But Joanne's going to win this thing in a snore fest. I just don't see why anyone else could see otherwise. And plus, like, what does this do for the division? I mean, Calderwood already is taking a backseat. Jessica is not going to make a run at Shevchenko. This is just like, eh. I agree with everything you said if you switched the girls' names around. I what? feel like Jessica I fights like Caitlin Chukagian. She mm. constantly pumps the jab. She screams after every strike. <laughs> It sounds like somebody's just slowly hitting a cat with a hammer every time that chick fight. Yeah, it's awful. Um, and she fights at range, like she loves to box. She does not like to get in and clinch. Jojo's gonna need to clinch. Jojo's gonna have to put that thick Scottish haggis frame up against jessica i and take her down right i didn't say she likes to clinch i said that she has to clinch because she's not going to be able to keep up with the pace with jojo at distance jojo doesn't have pace at distance mm. i think again i agree with what you're saying i just think you have the i think you have the chicks wrong if i showed <laughs> you if i showed you pictures of them would you tell me which one was which no 
one of them's blonde, right? Yeah, well, I think so. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I agree with that. I, I, I 100% agree with your assessment. I just feel like the chicks are backwards. Okay. Yeah, no, they're not, but that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be right. You always get the women's MMA fights right. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to carve out and bring something of value to the table here when it talks about women's MMA because you're, the, you're an oracle. Um, well, as much as I was passionate about this fight, I know this next fight, I could send you – a freaking novel of text messages. You've been so hyped on this, dude, which I don't Dan, understand. <laughs> Dan Hooker at 20 and nine, taking on Michael Chandler at 21 and five. Uh, Michael Chandler plus 110. Dan Hooker at minus 130. I'm having a hard time not, listen, I'm having a hard time not taking my entire savings account, <laughs> putting it on Dan Hooker. Wow. I'm really, I'm really having a hard time with this. Okay. I think he is a nightmare matchup for Michael Chandler. Because of range and because of range, takedown defense, power, grit, cardio, level of competition. I just I don't see anywhere. And I will probably eat these words with a big giant spoon on Saturday because I'm being so confident about it. I don't see anywhere Michael Chandler wins this fight. I think that they are doing – I listen, I understand. I understand the gym he comes out of. I understand the wrestling pedigree. Yes. I understand the championship and other organizations. I get it. I understand. I pay attention to Bellator as much, if not more, than your average person. Um, I, I understand, and I was hyped on Chandler coming into the UFC. I just really think that Dan Hooker is a horrible matchup for his first fight. It's a terrible matchup. It's, dude, you got to give him somebody else in the division first to kind of get his feet wet. You literally throw him to the Dan Hooker, Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson, like echelon. Bro, that ain't it, man. That's that's not it. Like, all, all things considered, I, I just, this is a, this is a really bad fight for Michael Chandler. I don't know if I'm emphasizing that enough. <laughs> this is a really bad fight for him. Um, <laughs> stylistically. Um, I do not like this fight for him at all. I, I just give me. I'm just going to throw this out here. Over over the course of five rounds, I mean, over the course of five rounds, it, I think if this were a five round fight, Dan Hooker would be close to a minus two hundred, minus two twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's three rounds, I can see Chandler maybe winning a decision based on if he's wrestle heavy, if he's able to go out and actually be effectively effective with his wrestling, which I don't, we haven't seen anybody really do that to Dan Hooker, but maybe he, maybe Michael Chandler is the elite level talent that he's being touted as. If he comes out and puts on elite level wrestling and is able to put it on Dan Hooker and he can win say a round easily because the wrestling, and then we have a mix mix up 50, 50 round on the feet. And then, you know, he could possibly steal a split decision or a decision of 29, 28 here. It's 100% possible. Um, I just really think that he fed I, – I feel like he fed Michael Chandler t- to a shark. I really did. I think – honestly, I think he's just trying to get Michael Chandler fucked up. I, I, I just – I don't understand. Either Michael Chandler's ego is so big that made him take this fight or what – and I'm not a big Dan Hooker guy. You know I'm not a big Dan Hooker guy, but I think it's a nightmare matchup for, for Michael Chandler. Like I'm really – contemplating going very, very, very big on Dan Hooker. I can't emphasize that enough. I'm very much thinking about, like, and if I do so, you will see me get white girl wasted on Saturday (laughs) night. One way or the other, whether he wins or loses, it's going to happen. 
No, it's a, a great comment that Chow throw up right here. 420 Wits, how much does Dana White, White want to prove UFC fighters are better than Bellator fighters? So I think this, like you said, it's a nightmare matchup for a bunch of reasons. I, I do want to see, and I, I would love to see the historicals on Dan Hooker, what he's like on his back, what he's like on the ground. I haven't seen that. So for someone to come in there and implement that type of game plan, yeah, there's a couple question marks. What there's not question marks about, though, are Dan Hooker is going to have the much more polished striking, the more much more devastating striking. He's also going to have a four-inch four reach advantage. Plus, Chandler's lost five fights in his career, three of which came via striking. So he's susceptible. He's not the young young buck he once was. I think we all want to remember yesteryears of his fights with Eddie Alvarez back in like 2011. But, dude, the guy's eroded. He's getting older. Dan Hooker's had a couple setbacks. Those setbacks were like insane fights. The guy's at the top of his game. He is a threat in the division. And when you have that range, that length, those punches, <laughs> Chandler, dude, talk to your manager. That was bad, bad entry to the UFC. I tried to go back and do some research on it. And the, the only time that I can see that, that potentially Hooker had any trouble is he lost the fight to Hao Shin Wu, um, which – was to rear naked choke. That's the only submission loss he has. It's really, I mean, and the only sort of preview that we would have that at any, any point in time, somebody was able to give him problems on the ground. Now, at the time he took that fight, he was five and three as a pro and Wu was 10 and one. So it looks like he fought a guy with a lot more experience and the guy used that experience and was able to get that W. Um, but all that to say, dude, again, I'm going to keep beating the same dead horse here. Boom, 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 boom. Um, Nightmare matchup for Michael Chandler, man. This is a really yeah. bad matchup for him. And I loved, I mean, I think you're getting, I think Vegas is hyped up on the, the, the Chandler buzz too, because he was a, he was a champ in another, you know, uh, sister league or whatever you want to call Bellator. I don't even know. Are they competition now? I don't, I don't even really know what it is. Um, but you know, another major promotion, he was a, he was a champion, but I just, I don't like it, man. I don't like this fight for him. Um, I just the one real quick, real quick. The one thing I don't want is I don't want Dan Hooker to fight like a tall guy. Um, sometimes when tall guys are fighting much shorter guys, like Dan Hooker fights, um, like when he'll be fighting Mike Chandler, he'll be that much taller. When tall guys, when they tend to exit exchanges, when they're that much taller than their opponent, they exit with their chin up yeah, because yeah. they just feel like that's just the easiest way for me to get away from you is to just pull my my big tall head up out of the way tall guys when fighting very short guys exit exchanges with their chins held high dan hooker does need to be disciplined because the person that trains michael chandler henry hooft is a world champion uh like second to none kickboxer and is going um, you know full well that michael chandler is going to be able or is tapped into that resource and is going to have everything he needs to know come fight night about fighting a tall guy yeah, because uh, Henry Hoof, if I'm not mistaken, is well in the middle of the, of the six range. So he's six five, something like he's a, he's a t he's a tall guy. So I think he might be even taller than that. Another little sprinkle on this. We have some Chandler, yeah, Chandler arrived to Abu Dhabi on I think Sunday, um, if not yesterday, it was Sunday or Monday. Uh, Hooker's been there for like two weeks, dude. He was like, I need to get acclimated, which I'm a huge like proponent of. The longer you're there, the more you're on the time schedule. You got your feedings right. You know what you know the fight island food is. Get your body completely acclimated. The more you can do, the better. Chandler got a delayed flight or something like that. Ended up getting there much later than he wanted to. 
readjust. That's you know another little boop. little sprinkle. All right, sprinkle. it's the main event of the evening. I don't even need to do the lead in for it, man. Mm. Uh, Conor McGregor, the notorious one, taking on Dustin the Diamond Poirier. It, who's the A side and B side of this? Are they giving Poirier the A side? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. What? I'm serious. Would, are, are they giving would McGregor ever be a B? He would never permit himself to be a B side. He was a B side plenty of times. Yeah, in like Cage Warriors, he was the. I think he was the B side against Marcus Brimage. Okay, well, he he had to be the B side again uh, in his title fights. Mm-mm. What are you talking about? When he fought Jose Aldo, Aldo was the champ. You're automatically the B side. It, he, it doesn't. I don't he, think it goes that way, dude. It 100 percent goes that way. When it's the Khabib fight, he was the B side. No, I think it's the draw that makes you the A side or the B side. Mm, not when a championship's involved. Mm, okay. I don't know. Okay. We'll have to go, now you can see you, you're so good at planting these little seeds of doubt in my head. I feel like I just know it, and I'm just like, I just I tap into the that. encyclopedia, and then sometimes you're like, I don't know, you might be missing a page, which is you. But I'm pretty sure they're in the Khabib Connor fight. They announced Connor first. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not a learning. What would this be? A, a not a learned, I'm not a learned doctor. Um, all right. So Dustin Poirier at 26 and six, Conor McGregor at 22 and four. I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, as far as a side, B side goes, Dustin Poirier plus two sixty. Conor McGregor at a minus three ten. over under on rounds here. Trey is at two and a half. This hurts my heart. Um, yeah. this makes my heart muscle hurt mm-hmm. because I'm going to say out loud that I think Conor McGregor is going to win a fight. <laughs> Should we switch backgrounds, dude? Do you want the proper 12 behind you? No, I don't. You don't. Um, well, hey, man, I called you in desperation today because yeah. um, my heart hurts so much that I've, you know, and you know me, I'm, I can be easily swayed. Uh, a nice, a nice calm rhetoric uh, with, with pure confidence can take me one way and move me to another very easily. Um, which makes me, you know, an average better. And that's why thank God you were the Oracle and I am riding in which the people said first class. Um, I will say this, Dustin Poirier has, he has a route to win this fight. And I said it to you on the phone today. I said, you know what? The reason I keep feeling like I want to go Poirier is for the same reason that we've seen in all of Conor McGregor's losses. Yes. If Mike Brown can tell Dustin Poirier, do not, get into a striking battle with Conor McGregor, utilize some grappling, make this thing ugly, hug him against the cage, get his butt on the ground. There's a path to victory. Dustin Poirier though is going to, like you said, probably end up boxing Conor McGregor. And while Conor McGregor has ring rust, he hasn't fought UFC in a year. Like he is a guy that has been boxing like crazy, wanting to take the Pacquiao fights. His boxing is the most pure thing we're going to see in mixed martial arts. Dustin Poirier, do not box with him. Do not stand. Try and make this thing ugly. Conor McGregor has lost so consistently the same way. It's either those bulldog chokes, rear naked choke, guillotine. Dustin Poirier, you had an opportunity to submit Khabib with a guillotine, a guy who's a great grappler. This is a vulnerability in Conor McGregor. We all know. We've all seen. We've seen Nate Diaz ex- exploit it. We've seen it time and time again. Dustin Poirier has a path, but he's going to get sucked into the aura. He's going to get sucked into the lights. He's going to get sucked into the 2000 Abu Dhabi fans, you know, doing the oh, oh for Conor McGregor. The limelight's going to be too much as much as he's confident. And I don't think Mike Brown, as much as he just implants that into his mind, is going to shift his focus to get away from striking. Hmm. 
So I'm going to go with McGregor, obviously. I don't like it, ma'am. I don't I like it. I don't like it. I don't like rooting for Connor. I don't want to be happy when he wins. Um, I don't like it. So I want to talk about odds on rounds real quick because I want to do a little yes. bit more of a deep dive on these because we're going to put some plays out and I just want people to understand some of the logic behind it. So if you have the option, guys, um, to pull up your your round odds and you can bet both sides, if your book will allow you to bet both sides of a fight, um, a couple different things that Trey and I have been looking at. All right. So Dustin Poirier by KO uh, is at a plus 440. Now, I'm under the impression that that Poirier has a decent chance of knocking out Conor McGregor in the latter rounds. Um, I don't necessarily see – I agree with your assessment that Poirier can choke Conor McGregor out, right? But given the example of the first Nate Diaz fight, when Nate Diaz um, stung Conor and Conor shot in on him and Diaz sprawled and you know had they had that, that ground exchange – I don't see Poirier going for a choke there so much as I see him trying to continue to punch Connor and perhaps getting that TKO via halfway exhaustion sort of situation, right? So I kind of like the Dustin Poirier by KO TKO prop at plus 440. Dustin Poirier by submission is coming in at plus 900. Um, And Dustin Poirier by decision is coming in at plus 650. I do not believe that this fight is going to go to decision. I really don't. I don't think Dustin's going to allow it to go that way, and I don't think Connor's going to allow it to go that way. So I don't necessarily love the decision props for either one because they're both coming in at about six plus six hundred. So I kind of want to lean towards finishes, right? Connor by KO is coming in at a plus, or I'm sorry, a minus one ninety, and I think obviously that's his most uh, foolproof foolproof path to victory. That being said, that's probably the best way to get that value down off the minus 300 is just to get Connor and get him by KO. Then you don't care what round it happens in. Yeah, Go, Going round by round, uh, Dustin Poirier in round four is at a plus 1,800. Dustin Poirier in round five is at plus two, or I'm sorry, plus 2,200. Mm. Connor McGregor in round one, conversely, Trey, is at a plus 190. And Conor McGregor in round two is at a plus three thirty. So you're looking at one and three, three, you know, one and a half to three to one on your money there. So I think that those are, if you think that Conor is going to win the fight, um, I think that you can probably triple up. You could go Conor in round one, Conor in round two, and Conor by KO, and just hedge um, in the event that he, you know, he ends up knocking him out in, in the you know, the third, fourth, or fifth. If you think that perhaps, you know, that that Dustin's going to win the fight, um, I would, again, take him by KO or submission, depending on what you think, um, how you see the fight playing out, and then take him in the later rounds. I definitely don't think, unless he's able to hurt Connor early, which I don't see him wanting to engage Connor that much early on, um, I think that submissions are likely. I think that knockouts are likely. And I think it happens in the later rounds. So even three, four, and five, pl- small plays on the rounds there, and then bigger plays on the method of victory yeah. could net you money. Um, there's ways to play these with these plus nine, plus 18, plus 2200s, where if you're making one, two, f- even five unit plays, depending on confidence level here, you could have six, seven bets on this fight and have it end up be profitable. So there's a lot of money to be made here. Um, in a situation like we're talking about there, the only thing that you wouldn't want to happen is you wouldn't want Conor McGregor to su- submit Dustin Poirier, or you wouldn't want Poirier uh, to knock out Conor 
in the third round. But if you play Poirier by knockout all the same, um, then you're getting it at plus 440. So there's plenty of ways to work around this to ensure yourself some money. Fights like this, and I can't stress this enough because I'm ranting here, but it's very important from a betting perspective here, guys, uh, is that you need to exercise bankroll management and don't get greedy. You can look at a fight like this that has these level of odds, probably play six or seven wagers and still come out in the black just depending on which one hits. You know, you can play six or seven wagers on everything, but if if Dustin Poirier wins by knockout and wins by knockout in the fourth round, yeah. you're coming out at a plus eighteen hundred and a plus four forty. That's going to negate everything else that you put out as long as you didn't go massive on something else. So go small, but go consistent across what you think is going to win. And those, if it's a later round one, it'll cover the other one. So just don't get greedy um, and just bet responsibly. And you can end this night in the black. Mm-hmm. The one thing I have a big hesitancy with, and I know we, we talked about it too. That's why. What would you say McGregor's at plus one ninety in, in round one TKO? You said it was plus one ninety. Minus one ninety for Connor. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so Connor by knockout um, is minus one ninety, and then Connor in. Uh, so I'm, I, I, I misspoke. Connor by knockout for the whole fight is minus one ninety. Yeah. Connor by knockout in round one is plus 190. Okay. Yeah. So, what makes me really nervous is there has been this touting of Dana White saying, if it's done in, you know, great fashion, you know, there's no reason why you shouldn't get a, you know, title shot, you know, the closed door meetings with Khabib, like it all just seems way too scripted. Like the 30th fight of Khabib is going to be the, the biggest pay per view of all time. It's going to be with McGregor, you know, regardless, irregardless if Khabib's coming back and that's going to be something that is put together. I will say this. I get really nervous of fighters that say that they have to do something in, in devastating fashion. Connor has time and time and again said, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get it done quick. And I know he talks a big game, but we saw him try to uh, deploy that in the Donald uh, Cerrone fight. The first thing he threw is he sprinted across the cage because he's an egomaniac and he saw Jorge Masvidal against Ben Asker and he's like, oh, I'm going to make it even gnarlier. I'm going to do an overhand right. I'm just going to bull rush the center of the cage. Completely whiffed. Then, you know, did those bullshit little shoulder strike things and then got the fight done. I'm worried that Conor McGregor's ego is going to get ahead of him again and he's going to try and do this way too quick and way too fast rather than just deploy his good boxing and just get it done. And I think that that's where Dustin could get a slip up and get a sub. So I really like Dustin by sub somewhere in the fight. Um, if you want to play Dustin, you know, at all, yeah. otherwise Connor getting it done pretty quickly, you know, that's the route he wants to take. Oh gosh, you're turning me into a, a Connor McGregor stand here, but here's the thing is, you know, the mystic Mac moniker exists kind of for a reason the guy has when he has made predictions nine times out of ten he has executed on them um the only time he was really wrong is when he said he was going to walk through nate diaz other other than that he's kind of done everything he said he was going to do which i is about the only feather i'm willing to put in his cap he says he wants to get dustin out of there in 60 seconds um if you are to believe mystic mac to be in fact that mystic um You've got, I mean, you've got plus 190 odds to work with there. So you can take Connor by knockout at minus 190, go pretty big on it. Um, and then you can take the plus 190 in round one and go smaller on it. And the 50 cents to the dollar you're getting on the minus 190, you can double it on the, on the round one. So, 
I, I don't think that that's a bad play. Like, bet on what Connor says he's going to do because he normally does what he says he's going to do. But then if if you also want to put play some heart money, play Dustin by sub, play Dustin in the later rounds. I don't think he goes out and starches McGregor. I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening in round one. I just don't see him rocking him and putting him down. I just don't see it. I, I want I want it to happen. I just don't see it happening. Lift up your shirt. You for sure have a four-leaf clover and Aaron Gobra tattoo. There's I don't, no doubt. The amount that you've just said for McGregor tonight, I am I'm floored. I'm, I'm I, thunderstruck. You are thunderstruck. I want to win our people money though. Um yes. and Sometimes heart money gets in the way of smart money, and it's important to me that we kick off 2021 with people lining their pockets the correct way. Uh, So bankroll management is key on a McGregor fight night. We had Dave Mason on. He said events like this are when they take the most action and when they win the most money because people bet like idiots. Bet smart. Bet conservatively. Take your win and keep it moving. Um, initially leaning. I like Connor. I like him by knockout. I like him in rounds one or two. I also like playing Dustin. I like playing him by knockout. I like playing him by in rounds four and by five. And I think a small sprinkle on Dustin by submission in that instance, I just can't have, um, I can't have Dustin win in, you know, round three <laughs> outside yeah. of that. We're, we're, you know, uh, we're pretty much making money. So I'm, I'm just going to let it ride at that. So you got anything else for that? No, I love it. I, I don't think Connor's going to have the cardio pass three, so he'll get it done. He'll get it done quick. I see. Here's the thing, though, right? And again, this is weird that Mayweather's come up twice in this 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 show now. Um, boxing cardio is such a, a different animal. I don't necessarily know that Connor did the same sort of road work, if you will, um, for this fight. Maybe he did. He appears to be in excellent shape. So does so does Poirier. They both appear to be in fantastic shape. My other concern, real quick, and I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on this, is that Dustin Poirier has been knocked out by Conor McGregor before. Yes. That needs to be repeated because there's a certain level of psyche that that factors into. That man knocked you out. And if you watch those old embedded episodes, Poirier saying, I've never hated a fighter as much as I hate this guy. Granted, their careers have both gone upwards, but it's slightly different trajectories. Uh, same branch, different branches of the same tree, if you will. I think that that still looms deep in the mind of Poirier. I think Connor and Kavanaugh have tapped into something with that. And then even saying it revisits it. And when they walk out there and they get face to face, they get nose to nose again. We're going to see what happens, man. We're going to see what happens. I would love nothing more. My heart would love nothing more than to see Poirier go out there and put a clinic on Conor McGregor. <laughs> My wallet, though, thinks that that's probably not going to happen. People don't forget. People don't forget. All right, man. You got anything else for the people? I don't. That's All right. it. Perfect. Uh, we are going to be releasing our Magni versus Chiesa picks uh, within – it's 10.07 now, Eastern – within the hour – um, we'll be releasing those on Instagram. Guys, if you don't follow us on Instagram, please do so at Punchlist MMA. Thanks to everybody that joined the live stream. People that just listen to the audio version of the show, there is a live version of the show. Go to YouTube.com, subscribe to the Punchlist MMA channel, and then every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific, you can watch Trey and I do this show live. Uh, there are some uh, so there's some chat involvement, as you guys hear uh, each and every episode, so appreciate that. Bit. Talked to Roy at Allegiance the other day, Trey, and he wants to do some more giveaways this year. So yes. we're going to do some giveaways. 
um, talk to Scott at Stay Classy. He wants to do some more giveaways. Um, so we might be supplementing beer money with maybe either Allegiance or Stay Classy giveaways as well. Uh, if you want to be eligible for any and all giveaways, one, you got to be following us on Instagram uh, at Punchless MMA. And then the best way to do it is if you leave us a review on iTunes uh, and make sure you know you put a username there, we'll be glad to call you out whenever we do the beer money giveaways. Uh, Going to be looking to give some money away here soon. If you can't leave us a review on iTunes, because you listen to it on Spotify, Google Play, or anything like that, send us a message on Instagram or Twitter or email us at chat at MMA and say, I love you guys. I just haven't left your review or I can't leave your review. And then the best way to support our show, guys, is to support our sponsors. Shout out to Stay Classy Meats. You can use promo code FIST, save 10%. Shout out Allegiance Clothing. Use promo code PUNCH and save 15% site-wide. Trey, you got anything else? Nope. Just that it's going to be a great weekend, my friend. It's going to be a great weekend. Don't forget 9, p- or 9 a.m. Eastern for the Magni Chiesa card on ESPN+. Plus. Um, it's, it's an early, early, early fight day. Your boy is not getting any work done tomorrow. I scheduled myself two appointments tomorrow. Um, not realizing that these were early morning fights. I am going to be halfway trying to make sales halfway, um, waiting for vibration updates in my pocket of what's happening with the fights. So, all right, let's do it. (laughs) Get that second monitor loaded. Let's go. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Take care. Be good to each other. And we'll see everybody next Tuesday. Bang, bang. Bang, bang.